So I, in 2016, I started uh, volunteering with the Beloved Ministry, and uh, I've learned a lot through this. And I, today, I just want to share a lot of what I learned. Uh, the title of my sermon is Urgency to Love, because I've learned a lot about how to really love people through Beloved. Uh, at first, whenever I first got saved, I got tra- taught traditional evangelism types. You know, you knock on people's doors. I even did this whenever I was a Baptist. <laughs> you knocked on somebody's door. You, you shared the gospel with them. Bada bing, bada boom. They're supposed to be saved, right? But that doesn't always work. People need relationships. They need relationships with people, and they need relationships with God. So that what I've learned through Beloved is just how to love people and love them and serve them. And, and that brings them to Jesus, not just, just not just sharing the gospel. You have to demonstrate that love as well. So what I've learned is spiritual maturity is not about how much you know, it's how, mu- how well you love. When we start, start pointing out, our, when we start our outreaches, if it's based on anything but love for that person, we are off target and we will miss the mark. People don't want to hear a sales pitch. The church needs to start, stop just telling people about God's love. We need to demonstrate it. First, Christian, uh, First Corinthians 13. says, if I speak in tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong, clanging cymbal. If I give all my possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Jesus loves people no matter what they've done. He loves you no matter what you've done. And he loves the ladies at the club no matter what they've done. What God is calling us to is genuine relationships with people. He wants us to be genuinely be their friends. They are ordinary ladies just like we are. And I have ordinary conversations with the ladies in the club. We talk about their kids, what they did over the holidays. Just normal, everyday stuff. But I also share Jesus with them. But none of them are my projects. I've been somebody's project before. It's not so cool. <laughs> Whenever you find out that uh, their love for you is not genuine, it makes everything they said before not feel so good. Uh, when we love people where they're at, that means much more. Uh, discipling and the service evangelism, what I'm talking about, is a lot of just sharing of lives and loving people where they're at. Because here's the reality. It's hard for people to believe that Jesus cares about them if we don't. So John 15, 12, 14 says, 
My command is to love. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's lives for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Seems pretty simple, right? (laughs) But it's hard, isn't it? Cold, I'll have you turn the page. So this is the beloved logo. You are cherished, you are valued, you, you, you are loved. Cole, you can turn the page again. These are the founders of Beloved. I've never met any of these ladies. Sandy Savage was uh, the lady that uh, Promise trained under for a year before she started. And these other ladies are in other in other states. So cool to have you change the slide again. Beloved launched in 2013 and exists to reach out and support women affected by the adult entertainment industry in Illinois. Our goals have been to form genuine, lasting, supportive relationships with women in or leaving the adult entertainment industry, encourage and support them on their journeys, and connect them to local services. We also raise awareness about human trafficking in our region to individuals, agencies, and faith-based communities. We advocate, advocate for collaboration between agencies and develop compassionate responses in terms of prevention and intervention and aftercare for survivors and those who are at risk. Uh, we work a lot with Torch for the uh, human trafficking side of it, which is an organization that works with human trafficking in here in southern Illinois. Uh, Colt, I'll have you turn the next page. This is Promise and Blake. Uh, some of you have met them. Promise was the leader for the last six, seven, six years for, for Beloved. And uh, now it's me. <laughs> I'll have you turn the page. Cool. After ser- serving under Beloved founder Sandy Savage for a year promise launched beloved illinois to serve the strip clubs of southern illinois to bring awareness of human trafficking to southern illinois to agency service providers educators law enforcement after six years of serving beloved as the director promise has the privilege to hand over the organization to me and whenever i first stepped into this well i didn't even know if i was going to step into it i asked leadership to pray and Kurt gave me the word ready. And that made me freak out because I'm like, am I ready? <laughs> so I asked Promise. I'm like, do you think I'm ready? And I'll read you the text message that she sent me. No, you're not ready. Just like I wasn't ready. Just like Moses wasn't ready, or David, or Peter, or anyone else I can think of. No one is ever ready. But when you give your yes, 
when you give God your yes, he makes you ready in the sense that he empowers you with everything you need to do that he is calling you to do. Everything you need is in him. Some of it he has hidden in other people who will service alongside you or mentor you or be mentored by you. So the question isn't is if you are ready, but are you ready to surrender your yes to him? A humble and surrendered heart is all he needs. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. I felt you might be the one to say yes for a long time now. I wasn't surprised at all by what you had said last night. When she told me that she was quitting, I'm like, I can't quit. What? You're quitting? I, I can't quit. So, but I wasn't sure that I wanted to be director. I was just like, uh, let me pray about that. <laughs> but your heart is right, Brahma says. You will, I will help you in any way you need to. And that does, doesn't mean through the transition. I mean, for years to come, I will always be available to, available to you in any, th- any way I can support you and empower you. I am so for you, Heather. I believe in you completely. So, like I said, I started this in December uh, 2016, and uh, 2017 was rocky. Uh, I'm going to try not to say the names of the clubs. I'm going to try to call it Purple Club. Um, So, Purple Club, it was very difficult to get into at first. Uh, They most of the time just took our gifts at the door. And at the very beginning, I didn't get to even talk to the ladies. So I just, they were just getting our cards and our gifts. And month after month, that's how it went for a little bit. But after uh, a time period, uh, we started getting in. Like we, we realized, hey, we can just pay our way to get in, right? We could pay the cover cover charge and get in. So we did that for a few times. And before long, they did stop making us pay the cover charge. And they got comfortable with, with us. And we got a good relationship with the manager and with the ladies. And I got to talk to them more. And the team got to talk to them more. So and I can tell you the, the exact date that I, had, I gave God my complete yes to this mission to, to Beloved. And that's because I journaled what happened, and I had a vision. And it was October twentieth, two 2017. And the outreach before was a little rocky, and I had some fear in my heart. So I'm driving, and I'm being honest with God. I was driving on my way home from work, and I was praying and wrestling with the dangers of doing this. I was honest with the Lord about my fear, and he showed me a picture of hell. I know that's not pleasant, but I seen my sisters, my friends from the club in the fiery pit. You see, if I didn't, if I didn't go, who was going to go? So then I decided that uh, there was no time to be afraid, and that was my prayer for urgency. Which that 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 word showed up. I didn't even realize whenever I named this sermon that I wrote this in my journal 
for urgency, boldness, and the, to be able to love them with the gospel. And as though I was saving my sisters from the fiery pits of hell. Hours after I had that vision, I learned that my whole team wasn't coming. I was on my own. Well, that scared me. (laughs) But uh, one of my friends from the other club stepped up, and it was okay. But within a few months, I was the team leader of that club, which was like, okay, God, I'll do that. But this is whenever I first started really uh, chasing down the girls. (laughs) A lot of times at my club... They uh, only come out to dance. So I have to go over there right where, right by where they are getting ready to dance, and I have to talk to them there. And then once they get to know me, then they'll come out to talk to me more. But um, it's just really building that relationship, and I have to make the first step. And I have to – you guys know me. I'm quiet. <laughs> but I have to take that initiative and start that conversation and uh, – really get in there and promise name me bulldog <laughs> because of that because i just really started chasing them down and like looking for opportunities to talk to these girls because after having that vision i'm just like well if i don't share the gospel with them who is if i don't love them like jesus does who's going to demonstrate that love for them uh, colt i'll have you turn the page Belonging, believing, and becoming. Second Corinthians five, eighteen through twenty. God has given us this task of reconciliation to people for him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. That we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And that's my prayer for the ladies. I, we have all, most of us, I mean, some of you may have grown up in the church. I, I know I didn't. I've been a prodigal daughter. And uh, my prayer is for my girls at the club, just my friends, to come back to God. And I believe that he's pursuing each and every one of them, and he loves them very much. Uh, Colt, I'll have you turn the page. You belong. First Corinthians twelve twenty seven. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Uh, you each have a part in the kingdom, each and every one of you. You may not be called to a beloved like I am, but he has a place for you. He has a purpose for you. He has a calling for your life for the kingdom. 1 John 3, 1, 2 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that we are. We each have a kingdom identity, whether or not we're living it out or not. Even that even goes for the people in the club and the people that we know that aren't following Christ. We all have a, a God had a plan for each one of us whenever he made us. And uh, a lot of what's, beloved has taught me is to see people through God's eyes 
to see him three pe- see people through uh, the kingdom identity that God made them for. Colt, I'll have you turn the page. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will no long, never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. We are secure in Christ. And one thing the Lord has really taught me through the ministry is to hear his voice. I don't hear his voice as much as I do in the club. In the club, I hear his voice. He tells me things about people that I would never know. He tells me uh, ways to start conversations with people, like the things they're hiding from me, because he knows their hearts. And ways to, like I had one guy one time, a bouncer, that was telling me all about his kids. But God says, ask him about his other kids. And it turns out that he was going through a divorce, and he had kids from another relationship that he was his heart was hurting about. And Daddy God loves him. And I got to pray with him about that and speak truth into that situation. And that's just really cool, the way that God shows us things whenever we're all about his will. Colt, I'll have you go to the next slide. Okay, this is something that we learned and beloved, and it's really cool. Uh, just learning to discern God's voice. And I know it sounds really simple, but we have to get quiet, and that's hard sometimes. But just asking the Lord how he sees you. Uh, the enemy breathes all kinds of lies into our life. I know that I've believed a lot myself. But when you ask God, he won't lie to you. He speaks truth to you. And he shows you just how much he loves you. And so you ask him, Lord, how much do you love me? Lord, how do you feel about me? The Lord's perspective is totally different from ours, thank God. (laughs) He loves us so much. Cold, I'll have you turn the page. Sharing God's hearts with others. 1 Corinthians 4.13, or no, 14.3. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation to comfort men, to edify, build up, exhort, encourage, comfort, ease grief or pain, or discuss or console. Uh, Prophecy, I always thought of something different. Like, you know, you're going to get a word from somebody or you're going to predict the future. But uh, what God showed me through this is sometimes God uses prophecy just for us to be able to build up. And like like the story I told earlier, or just know how to speak and love other people. How to encourage somebody. Uh, Just for me personally, it's like an empathy. Like I know how other people are feeling sometimes. When I wouldn't evidently know that in my own heart, but God shares that with me through his heart. Colt, I'll have you turn the page. So then you take it a little bit further. Instead of asking God personally how he feels about you, 
whenever you ask God how he feels about other people, and it says her on here, but it can really be anybody. I've, I don't just use this in the clubs. I use this in all walks of life, this service evangelism that I'm talking about. So you ask God, whoever, the pe- usually it's the people that are bugging me the most that I pray this for. <laughs> Lord, how do you see her? Lord, how much do you love her? Lord, how do you feel about her? And the truth is that there's nobody that I've ever come in conflict with that the Lord doesn't love. Lord, how do you want me to build her up? Lord, how do you want me to encourage her? How do you want me to console her? How do you want me to love her? So Colt will have you turn the page. So this is the, there's several slides of the, uh, what we consider like traditional evangelism and service evangelism. And this this is what I use like in every walk of my life. And I know everybody that's been through the beloved training has said that they use it in every area of their life. So in traditional evangelism, uh, it's telling people the truth is the best way to love them. My agenda is to get you saved tonight. It's inf- information-based. I give you the whole gospel the first time I meet you. Where service evangelism is distributing love through tangible acts of service, it opens people up to speak the truth. My agenda for you is to feel loved. It's action and relationship-based. I recognize you're on a spiritual journey. Well, me too. So I meet you where you're at. Next slide. Short term, or the underneath the traditional evangelism, it's short term. You just go knock on their door the one time. You only see their face the one time. If you're not receptive, I move on. I want you to get. I want you to go to heaven. It's harvest based. Uh, you don't really establish that report, seal the deal. We're going to do it right now or never. Where uh, service evangelism is long-term. I want to be your friend. I want to walk on this journey along with you. And if you're not receptive, that's okay. I'm going to love you anyway. I want to bring heaven to you. And it's a process. We're all walking on that same process, right? We plant a seed, we water it, we tend it, we weed it, and then we wait and harvest. Uh, it's not just a easy, you know, overnight kind of process. There's no deal. It's all about relationship. It's about rapport. So things we do in the club with the ladies is, like I just was saying, is it's all relationship-based. I, I go in there, and I love them where they're at. Uh, we listen to them. We care about them. We share lives with them. I tell them things that are going on in my life, too. Uh, we talk about kids and daily routines and families and pets and school and just like other girlfriends that I've got. You know, we just talk about lives. 
Um, we also give them a gift every month just to show them how much God loves them. It's no strings attached. But in the gifts, we also give them a card that shares the gospel with them, shares the truth about their identity of who they are in Christ. Um, A lot of the girls give me their phone number, so I send them encouraging texts, and I try to empower them throughout the month. And I also send them devotionals or scripture often. They don't always reply back to me, but whenever I talk to them again in the club, they got them. And and they know that's the reason why they gave me their phone number in the first place, and I've told them that I'm going to send them devotionals. They agreed to it. (laughs) Um, I'm very protective of them. Uh, I don't like to share their identity. That's just part of the love there. Uh... Confidentiality is a huge, huge thing. And, of course, I share the gospel with them, and I share my testimony. Prayer, 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 prayer. I pray for them daily. And then resources, like one lady this last week, I gave her some clothes. But it's really just whatever they need. So this last thing that I've got is a chart. Colt, I'll have you turn the page. And it's on three pages. It couldn't get it all on one. But it's just really about the process. And it's, about, it's from uh, James Engel. He wrote it in 1973. And it's not gospel or anything, but it's just showing you that uh, there's a process into being saved. Like it's not just overnight. So, it, you know, it, it, in negative 10 here, you, you have no framework of God. Like, you don't know who God is. And in negative 9, you're an atheist. So you, you, don't, you deny the existence of God in the supernatural. There's no such thing as God. In negative 8, they're agnostic. Or not sure it's possible to know if there is a God. They just don't know. And um, minus seven, they have a vague belief in God. They may be a little aware of Jesus. I think there's a higher power. In negative six, they have an interest in Jesus and Christianity. Perhaps they used to attend church, and they're open to finding out more. There might be something to this, they think. And negative five, they have a personally experienced Christian love. And I really hope this is for my girls at the club, you know, that they're experiencing this through us. Why would someone do something selfless for me? And negative four, aware of the basic facts of the gospel. They attend church. So Colt will have you turn the page. And negative three, they're aware of their own personal need for Jesus, whether for forgiveness or a new direction in life. I've not always done what God wanted me to do. And negative two, uh, they grasp for implications of what Jesus did. It's not about being good enough. It's about what Jesus did for me on the cross. And negative one, 
They challenged the respond the respond personally. I need to turn away from my sin and to God. I need him to forgive me and take charge of my life. So this one's the beginning of salvation. And in zero, they repent and they put their faith in Christ. God is now the boss of my life. I'm trusting him to follow his plans. So now they're not just believing that God or Jesus died for them. They're they're accepting him as their savior. They're making him the leader of his life. Because as we all know, there's a big difference in just believing in Jesus and following him. Colt, I'll turn the page. Oh, that's the, that is the last one. Wait. Okay, that is. It, oh, yeah, there it is. I don't have it here. <laughs> so, it's, uh, plus one is uh, they get baptized and they're identifying with Christ's burial and resurrection. Plus two. They could become an active member of the local church. Plus three, they continue to grow in character and service and relationships. And plus four, they lead others to connect with Christ and take the next steps. So last Saturday, I went to a women's conference. And I, I told you about the vision whenever I had I seen the girls in hell. But it was right after I had, last Friday was outreach. And um, after I go through our outreach, I kind of go through a process, you know, just kind of praying for the girls, and they're kind of heavy on my heart. So during worship at the conference, I was worshiping, and the Lord uh, showed me another vision. And this time, I seen the girls in the light of, of the Lord. And I seen them through his eyes and his love and his mercy and forgiveness for them. And as I was, was worshiping, I just I cried because I just, I, I just how much the Father loves them. So uh, I'm going to read a little bit from a devotional that I do. And it's just really about God's calling for us. And giving our yes, it's actually what happens when women say yes to Jesus, but uh, or to God. But it, it applies to men, too. The beauty of th- doing things beyond ourselves is that we will know it was by God's doing and his alone. When God leads or prompts us to do something small, we may be able to do it if we're willing. But sometimes he calls us to do something big, and we feel we cannot do it in our own strength because it is either beyond our ability or beyond our natural human desire. It is not something we can strategize or manipulate into being in or of ourselves. If, if only, it can only happen by God's divine intervention. The beauty of doing things beyond ourselves is that we will know it is by God's doing and his alone. And we give him all the glory for it. Don't look at your inabilities and dwell on your insecurities. Look at the Almighty God. See that this calling as an opportunity to watch him work in the area in you and through you. If you answer yes to the question, is it as beyond me? Chances are God is speaking. It's easy to talk ourselves out of thinking We've heard from God. 
I, I tried to, I've tried to do that myself. I think we'll pretty much use any excuse to convince ourselves it was not his voice, so we don't need to act on that. But there's a very important question to ask if we feel prompted to do something. One question that takes away our excuses. Would this please God? You see, if what you're doing pleases God, even if you thought that you heard from him wasn't his voice, you still please him. We should always err and seek him on the side of pleasing God. The more you practice listening for God's voice, the more it becomes a natural part of your daily life. And here's the best news of all. God wants you to hear from him. He wants to grow your faith, and he wants you to surrender all and whisper yes. So I don't know what God's calling you to do, but I'm positive he's calling you to do something. And I just pray that uh, you reflect on that today and just ask him what he really wants you to do and how he wants you to do it. I do know that, you know, that we opened up with that video uh, and it talked about missionaries, but we don't have to be missionaries to share the word. There are plenty of people all around southern Illinois and in our area that don't know Jesus, that desperately need the love of God. So I just pray, Lord, I, I lift up this congregation to you, Lord. I pray that you speak to everybody's heart here today, Lord. And if they don't already have a mission, Lord, something that you want them to do, Lord, on their heart, Lord, that you just share with them what their kingdom identity is, Lord, what you want them to do, Lord. And I just pray for yeses today, Lord. I pray for uh, this uh, Holy Spirit just to work and for us to give us your, your our all, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name.